Hey there, what's going on? You're listening to Blissful Prospecting. My name is Jason Bay, but you can call me J-Bay. And this podcast is for reps and sales leaders who love landing big meetings with prospects, but hate it when you go to spend a bunch of time writing a cold email and then the prospect never responds. So if that's ever happened to you, you're definitely in the right place. And without further ado, let's get to the interview. So one of the topics that we have not actually talked about on this podcast that I think is going to really be the future of prospecting is chat. Chat's really interesting, and this is why I think LinkedIn, depending on the persona, is really picking up in terms of a prospecting channel to land meetings. Because if you've engaged with prospects before on LinkedIn, it feels like a very different experience from emailing them or talking to them on the phone. It feels more like texting them. And we live in this instant gratification world right now where people want to be able to interact in the way that they want to interact. <laughs> and usually that means interacting with you in a way that allows them to multitask. And that's actually why I really like talking to people through chat. You know, if it wasn't for email, of course, I mean, if a prospect could actually start chatting with me or a salesperson, excuse me, if I was given an option, I would probably prefer that over anything else. And the reason for that is I can get what I need quicker from them and I don't have to talk to them over the phone and I don't have to wait to get an email back from them. And the reason why I bring this up is this is a topic we're going to talk about today with Billy Bateman, who is a founder of a company called ChatFunnels. And what they do is they provide software for chat and he's going to run through some different prospecting plays that, you know, if you're thinking as a sales leader, how you could implement chat into your sales process, he's going to be talking about how you can use like cold email, for example, to send someone to a case study or a piece of content and then start chatting with a prospect from there. So if you don't have that type of capability right now, it might be kind of cool to listen to this and see how this might be able to you know, really impact the speed at which you can interact with prospects that are engaging with your content, especially if they don't want to pick up the phone or are unresponsive to emails. And then if you're a salesperson listening to this, what we're going to dig into is like tips for how to chat more effectively. So this is something you can actually apply to LinkedIn if you don't have chat, but you might be working at a company where you know you get sort of routed these chats when a prospect that you cold emailed lands on the website, let's say, and it might be get routed to you automatically. That's kind of a cool little technology. So, and if neither of those two things are relevant for you, I think you might get a lot out of this by listening to it and and hearing about like a different way that we could prospect and talk to people. Because I really think that if we can get chat on websites more and salespeople can chat with prospects and interact with them, it's in a medium in which they're going to be much more likely to start a conversation with you because they can do that in the middle of a meeting. You know what I mean? So pretty interesting stuff. But before we get to the interview with Billy today, which I'm really excited for you to get to, I definitely recommend checking out our reply method guide, which is linked into the show notes here on your podcast player. So if you're listening on iTunes or podcasts or Stitcher or anything like that, it's linked there. It's called a reply method. And if you're looking for a more structure when it comes to like your cold email message or what you say over the phone. It's an ungated guide. So you don't got to give an email address or anything like that to check it out. Go check it out and see how it might be able to help. So check that out. It's in the show notes page, or you can go to blissfulprospecting.com and click on the reply method button at the very top. So either way, I'll get you there and let's get to the interview. So chatbots, I feel like are kind of like the big mystery 
of the uh, prospecting world <laughs> right now. So how did you get into chat funnels and like all the stuff you're doing right now? Yeah. So um, it's an interesting story. I had no, no, like no thoughts of ever getting into chatbots as a career. Yeah. Um, so I went back to school. I actually studied real estate investment and management mm-hmm. for my undergrad and then worked for a commercial real estate developer for a few years. And after a couple of years, I was like, man, I don't think this is for me. I'd worked in tech while I was doing my undergrad on the marketing team for InsideSales.com, which is now Zant, and wanted to do an MBA. My girlfriend at the time had gotten a job in Boise, which is where I grew up, and got a scholarship to go there and did the MBA, came out, wanted to get into tech. And my old boss at Inside Sales called me and said, I'm looking to invest in a new area. I've got three areas I'm interested in investing in. If you're interested in being an operator, here's my whole game plan. Do some research, let me know what you think, and let's see if we can do something. And one of those was chatbots. You know, I was thinking about it, had some offers and decided, you know what, let's roll the dice and try this out. So we started out just as a consulting company for a year. All we did was we would help people using different chatbot solutions, Intercom, Drift are the two main ones we worked with. And running experiments for them is what what we turned that business into. And we still have that team today to go along with our own solution that we sell and they work with. But yeah, just kind of like randomly got into it. But it's super interesting, like all the things you can automate with the chatbot and how you can really get away from, you know, there are all these kind of mundane tasks in sales and marketing that we go through. You don't necessarily need a person to do like the people need to be connected when there's anything, anything that really matters happening. But the bot can do like so many of these easy, just high-level qualification, high-level engagement, figuring out like who needs to talk to who. The bot does a great job of that. Yeah. So what year is this when you were getting started with bots on the consulting? Yes. Yeah, so this was 2018, summer 2018. Yeah. Like how crazy the chatbots has advanced in the last five years. You know, I don't I don't know if this is when I heard of it or when it was kind of getting popular it was like 2017, 2016. I feel like yeah. a lot of people were talking about it, but most of the chatbots out there were really, really shitty, candidly. Yeah. It was weird because I don't know, there's something about when you're engaging with a chatbot, if it's done correctly, it feels nothing like when you talk to the automated operator, even the ones that where you call in and you can actually kind of talk to them. Yeah. When they fuck it up, it is so infuriating. And with a chatbot, that doesn't really happen. Like they're either going to have the answer to your question or they're not, or they're going to be able to direct you into a, a place and you can skim and read and pick options. Yeah. What do you think that is? Like, why do you think that people are so much more inclined to talk through chat on a keyboard than to talk to someone over the phone, even an automated type of response over the phone. Yeah. So I think it's the level of commitment that that goes with like a web chat as opposed to like, you know, if I'm going to even just call in and go through the phone tree and all of that, I got to pick up my phone. I got to dial the number yeah. and then I got to go through that. And you never know like when you're going to get put on hold, you know, like, okay. Yeah. I was trying to get support. I'm not going to name the company <laughs> this morning, but big web hosting company is all I'm going to say. Man, it was so infuriating to me because it took forever. I even dialed the phone to try and see if I can get in faster. Now the chat was still faster, but man, it just takes forever. And it's easy. Like if I decide to bail on a chat, I mean, like to me, it's like whatever, you know, hanging up the phone on somebody is a little more just rude. Yeah, it's interesting. 
I mean, that's kind of the world that we live in these days, right? It's like, it's, yeah. can I do something in two clicks instead of three? I mean, you're a marketing guy with the chat stuff. I mean, I spent a lot of time in marketing. I do all of the marketing for our company now, which is not super sophisticated, but you know, you kind of see the landing pages and the different steps that people go through. And it's like, you add one more step to something and it dramatically decreases the conversion rate, for sure. you know, and it's just allowing people to just point and click and start typing and engage like that. Even if it's with a bot, there's something really compelling about that. Did you have any, like when you were getting started with the chatbots, do you have any clients that you worked with that were like really resistant because they didn't think it would work? That it was like a total game changer for yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. So one of our first customers, a mid-sized tech company here in Utah, got hired by their, their VP of marketing had bought um, a chat solution and really wanted to find some success. And he was the only believer, I think, maybe in the whole organization. I think the CEO, he'd sold the CEO on it. But outside of those two guys, everyone else was like, this is never going to work. Because <laughs> what he wanted to do was qualify people for his sales team rather than like fill out the form, SDR calls them back, qualifies them. Then they put the demo on the meeting, you know, on the calendar for the AE. He was like, dude, for these hand raisers, I do not need an SDR to call them back. Like, let's let the bot do a qualification and put the meeting on the AE's calendar. And uh, they'd been running for about three months with a little bit of success, not much, just a little bit. But overall, the sales team was like, I came in and they're like, oh, you're going to help us get rid of the bot because <laughs> we hate it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm here to make the bot work. So you love it. And they're like, well, good luck with that. So what we were able to do, though, over the course of three months, um, take them from that bot booking about 20 meetings that nobody really wanted. Like the 80s didn't want those meetings on their calendar. The 90 meetings that a month with the same web traffic wow. that the 80s actually wanted. Like yeah. if they went a day or two without getting a, a meeting booked for them, they would call, text us, say like, hey, did my calendar get disconnected? Did my manager take me out of rotation? Like, what's up? So... And the way we did that was just testing and optimization, you know, figuring out, okay, what are the right questions we should be asking? How many questions should we ask? What's the order of those questions? And then, you know, once you tackle those big rocks, the next is the refinement within those questions. Okay, like, how do we ask the question? What options do we give them? Isn't it open response or button responses? And you just start testing and tinkering with all of those things. And it takes some time. And you know, you were talking about there's so many bad chatbots. That's because it's easy to build a bad chatbot. Yeah. It's hard to build a good one. It's a learned skill. It's harder than throwing a form up. You throw a form up, you're like, okay, these are my fields. Put it on the website. I'm good to go. And from our conversation earlier, it sounds like in your experience, the chatbot performs a lot better than just sending people to a form, even if it's asking the same questions. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few reasons why I believe that you get this result. It can vary, but typically seeing a 40% uplift in conversion is pretty typical. That's crazy. Once you've done the bot right. Now, the first time you put the bot up there and split test it against a form, the bot may do worse. You know, you've got to work with it especially if it's your first bot that you've built. But seeing that 40% uplift is pretty typical. Now, one of the really interesting things that we found is with a bot, you're essentially building a logic tree. And in that logic tree, you can set different trip points where you're like, you know what, they may not be totally qualified, but they're probably qualified at this point. Let's route in one of our AEs or an SDR or a BDR 
into chat with them and finish up this qualification so we actually get a conversation with them. And by smartly using that ability to set these trip points within your bots, what we found is you're able to get a 50% higher contact rate for your bots than if you just send them through a form. So if we're thinking, okay, they fill out all the information, who do I actually have a conversation with? Well, I'm going to have 50% more conversations with that bot because it's instant connection to the customer. Yeah. God, that's so fascinating to me. I wonder if some of the psychology there is like these micro commitments. Yeah. This is like, I think the problem people have with reading books. I read books, but only books that I'm like really super interested in, like topics that are like really in the stories got to be good. Like yeah. I'm not a, just a reader for the sake of reading. I'd rather listen to a podcast. Yeah. You know, I think part of the book, it's like, it's so long. It's like, you're just thinking about, oh, I got to get through 300 pages versus just thinking, well, you know, I only need to read a couple pages a day or whatever. But there's that psychology of something there. I think it's where you get immediate feedback and like a dopamine spike almost Yeah, because I have engagement with something. Yeah, that is a great point, man. Because the bot, you know, it's only going to give you one question at a time. Yeah. Like I get a form and who knows, like it may be as easy as my email. And at that point, like bot or the form probably work about the same. If I've got a form that's got five, six, seven, eight fields, like... I am probably more likely to just engage the bot and answer those questions one at a time than fill it all out at once, unless I'm just hyper interested in whatever offer is being made to me. Do you think that that's sort of the future when it comes to prospecting, like allowing like this, you know, you said creating these trip points. There aren't really many companies that I can see where you can start chatting and a chat bot will take care of it. And then it'll be routed to like an SDR or a BDR you know, what is kind of cool too, is if, you know, I wonder, I don't even know if this exists, but if that was an account or a person at an account that's assigned to that BDR, that it would try to route to that person first, if they've already sent an email to them or done some sort of outreach. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of the future of prospecting in terms of like creating more of like a push and a pull kind of approach versus just completely like pushing and saying, Hey, respond to this email, pick up my phone call, et cetera, but allowing people to kind of come to you yeah. and then having a way to interact like that kind of thing. I think it is the future of prospecting and for a couple of reasons, like I'm a millennial and then Gen Z as well. Like we kind of, the B2B buying process, I don't know about you, but I hate the traditional process where it's like, yep. fill out the form, then somebody's going to call me and pepper me with questions to make sure I'm good enough to talk to an AE. They're not really going to answer my questions on pricing, most likely. If I'm lucky, that's all. And then I get a demo. And if I'm really lucky, this happens within a day. But the data shows that it doesn't. It's over the course of like a week before I get my answers, typically. Whereas with this, we can be really cognizant of who we're reaching out to. And like you're saying, with routing in the people that own those accounts, that's 100% possible. That's one of the best things you can do if you have owned accounts is in the bot set up to say, okay, here are my account owners and Salesforce or whatever CRM I'm doing. And then if they're available, route Pete in to chat with Jason when he comes in because Pete's been the one sending him these emails, making these calls. Let's just keep Pete involved. Pete knows the history with Jason. And it's really just kind of old school, actually, and like real B2B marketing rather than just kind of a spray and pray. It's having a relationship with somebody. Yeah. I mean, one of the coolest things I've seen on a 
site is where you know, I've already signed up and downloaded one of their stuff. And the next time I go back there, the chatbot greets me by my name and company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, Jason, how are things going at Blissful Prospecting? What brings you here today? And it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. The level of personalization is amazing. What you can do, you got to be smart about how you use it, though. Yeah. There is a level where you're like, well, that was probably too personal, especially if they haven't given you any information and like you show up on the site yeah. sometimes and like they may not know you're Jason, but it's like, hey, Blissful Prospecting, what can we help you with? Yeah. Man, I've never even been to this site. They're using a clear bid or something like that. We ran a couple of tests where we were doing that and we found that the engagement rate was actually lower than if you just had the very generic, like, welcome to the site. You know, can we help mm. you with something? Mm. But after the fact, when you like self-identified, yeah. then the engagement goes back up. So if you played that out in person, let's say if I walk into someone's office for the very first time and they greet me by name. I'm going to think that's kind of creepy. Yeah. I'm going to be a little weirded out by that versus the second time I come back to the office, they're like, oh, hey, Jason, how are things going? Yeah. You know, so it sounds like that same kind of logic applies. Let's kind of get into some of these like prospecting through chat plays, essentially. Like, what are some of the plays that you guys help your customers with and that you've seen some success with? Because there's some pretty cool stuff that you guys have done. Yeah. So one of our plays that we've helped customers with, I'll just walk you through one and you can find the write up on our website, on our blog, but they were going after the target list of enterprise customers that they wanted to go after. Not very big list, but they really wanted to get conversations with these companies. So they had a mailer campaign, email outreach, social outreach, like the whole works, like no stone left unturned in the outreach. But in the capturing, you know, what people that were interested in, we decided to change something up and use the bot to give them a very personalized experience once they clicked on that link from the email or from the the LinkedIn message. And so they did have a great offer. So they gave them an option of either an Amazon show or some awesome Bose headphones. And what they did is did the outreach. And then we used the bot to capture all of this information. We had an 89% conversion rate. Now, I'm probably going to take a meeting with somebody if they're going to offer me some noise-canceling Bose headphones. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that it was that high from the point they clicked the link to engaging with the bot, and it gave them a really personalized experience because it was able to say, okay, we know that, that this is somebody from like Reading Horizons or IBM or whatever company they were targeting and say that in the message from the bot and then give them an option and say, okay, which gift do you want? They could choose it right there take their address, get everything ready to be mailed out, and then book the meeting right there within the bot. So they could do everything right there. It would take them about one to two minutes tops to do that. And the pipeline coming out of that was great. They closed a lot of deals coming out of it. That's one of the plays we can do with a bot. And it's just, it makes it easy for the consumer or your customer to just say, I can do this right now. The bot can do the logic, take care of everything. I don't need to call and talk to Jason to get a meeting set up. I just booked a meeting with him for this afternoon. And the prospect would probably actually rather engage with the bot in that scenario than to engage with the person anyways. Yeah. So this was like, just to kind of preface this for everyone, this was person sent a cold email, made cold calls, et cetera, all this stuff. And all of that with the intent of like, hey, we'd like to give you something in exchange for meeting with you. Yeah. 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 This gift giving, I mean, there's entire companies. I think Alice is one of them. I can't remember. There's whole companies that just for marketing and sales departments, like provide these types of gifts for them to use and like sort of do at scale. I mean, and if you think about it, I know 
those Bose canceling headphones are probably two or 300 bucks, but you kind of think about the amount of effort that you're spending going after someone anyways, with all the, the man and the manpower and the data and the stuff you're already sending through direct mail, it's, you're already going to spend several hundred dollars getting an enterprise appointment anyways. Yeah. Like I was talking to uh, Garrett, I'm going to butcher his last name because I, I always do. And my German grandma is going to be mad at me, <laughs> but Garrett McGruth, and he was talking about, they've changed their whole process to really focus on for enterprise customers, just like offering them, whether it's an Amazon gift card or something like these Bose headphones, because like, dude, you're going to spend like a thousand dollars on ads and whether that's display or it's targeted messaging or it's PPC to try and get their attention. Why not spend two or 300 bucks and just directly message them and say, Hey, I'm going to give you this. Just sit down and talk with me. If it doesn't make sense, we go our separate ways. If it does, like, let's keep talking. Yeah. I don't know if this is counterintuitive, but I think a lot of the thinking behind gifts and, and offering stuff and for a meeting is that people are just going to take the meeting and yeah. uh, for the gift and they're not going to take it seriously when that's actually like, I think it actually shows the opposite to the prospect. It shows that you're really serious about meeting with them. Yeah. Like you're willing to give them a gift, like something like that's actually pretty badass that would be meaningful to them, like in exchange for their time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super cool play. What else? What other kind of stuff? So we have this, this, this like, let's give them a gift. Let's do the cold outreach, send them, get them to a page where this bot can kind of take care of that. Yeah. What other kind of place? So one of my favorite ones that you don't have to put it anywhere near as much money in as the gift is like an ebook or white paper. Yeah. So like, let's say nobody does this, but let's say you bought an email list. Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, here's my ideal customer profile. I bought this list. They haven't heard from me but I want to offer them this ebook because it would make sense for them. Well, send the email, have a link to a conversational content page. And these are money because you can embed the content right there on the page. And then the chat bot will also be on that right-hand pane. And you can build a unique conversation to that piece of content. And one of the great plays that we use is the first question the bot's going to ask is say, okay, if you want a downloadable version of this, just give me your email and I'll send you the download right there. Awesome conversion rate on that. Depends on how good your list is and your content, but getting 20 to 30% of the people that open the page to give you their email, pretty great, pretty reasonable. Yep. And then you can start a conversation and even bring in your reps. If you've got an SDR team, you've got people that are there looking at your content. They've given you an email address. You can alert them, let them jump in and have a conversation with them. That's a really great play. Other plays are just using a bot landing page, which is pretty much just the bot on that page and any offers you make. I mean, you can do the ebook again and just you know ask for the email from the beginning and not show them the content. Until then, I like the content pages more for a content offer because you kind of want to see what you're going to get before you give up your email. Yeah, I like the ungated approach with the cheat sheet. You know, hey, you want the one page summary of this or the downloadable version or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of becoming the new norm, it seems like, in the B2B world, at least, that you don't get your stuff. Yeah. You have a bonus or some sort of freebie. For sure. And then if you're approaching things from an owned account perspective... And you're into an ABM play where your reps, you know, like whether they own a hundred accounts or a thousand accounts, what you can do is anytime you're sending out emails, you can set it up in our software and in a lot of different, even some of our competitors, 
where it's going to give you that personalized message. Like you were talking about, you mm-hmm. go and it says, Hey, Jason, you know, what brings you here to the site and just offer the live chat, like skip the bot necessarily on some of those and just say, Hey, send the message from the rep who owns their account. They may or may not know them, but you can show Jason's face. He's smiling there. They're like, man, who is this handsome devil? (laughs) Yeah, I'll talk to this guy about my prospecting needs and then route you in as long as you're available and chat with them. Like, Get that conversation started. Like, The reason I really think live chat and the chat bots have taken off is... And we just want answers now, yep. you know, like we yeah. don't want to wait around. We're used to instant gratification. So it just helps you get there. Yeah. And, and especially with this world where we're texting people. Yeah. How old are you? 33. 33. I'm 31. So we're both millennials. Yep. Basically grew up in the same kind of time period. I mean, and it makes me feel old saying this, but I mean, do you remember in high school? I mean, I, I had a cell phone that was for emergencies in high school. Yeah. I didn't use that cell phone to text people and coordinate times to meet up. You just said, hey, we're going to meet at your place at five o'clock after school, right? Yep. And then you just kind of show up. And that world disappeared real quick. As soon as the iPhone yeah. came out and it became kind of normal to text people and to have, I mean, you remember cell phone plans were local cell phone plans yep. to like your city or your county or whatever. Yeah. I remember when my mom got a cell phone, I was like, man, this is a huge deal. You know, like, and honestly, I didn't even have a cell phone in high school. I remember it would have been my, like the end of my junior year, all of a sudden everybody started getting them. Then my parents were like, you want a cell phone? And I said no, because I knew they would be tracking me down to run errands and whatnot for them all the time if I got one. So I was like, I'm good. But by the time I went to college, like you had to have one. It's so weird. Cause I've been watching, rewatching Seinfeld just kind of all the, all the way through with my wife. And it's just like, when someone didn't show up to something, you didn't have a way of getting a hold of them, Yeah, you know? And it's like, our world has changed so much. And I think chat is just, it feels like the natural thing to do. Like I want to be able to just type real quick on my phone or my computer. And there's lots of data out there that tells you that multitasking is not a good thing, but people love multitasking. They want to be doing email and chat at the same time. I want to be on a meeting and be able to chat and get the information I want from someone, you know? So it's, it's kind of a medium where people can be multitasking and do other stuff. Yeah. Much like a podcast actually, which is, you know, I think why audio is really popular too. It's like, I don't have to sit and be watching a video or be reading something. Quick question though, on the ebook, I mean, there's so many shitty eBooks and white papers out there. Like, what do you see in the good ones that actually get a response versus ones that are just like, okay, no one cares about your 40 page eBook on whatever. Yeah. So they're very targeted is what what we've seen even with our own. Cause like we've written white papers and Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, this is all right. It should get some traction and like nothing. Yeah. It's the eBooks or the white papers, the guides, whatever you want to call them, where it's like, learn how to do this or learn from these experts about this topic. Tell me what you found, but what we found is if it's very targeted to a specific audience and has useful information, you get traction. It will last for a long time. If it's just kind of like, here's something very generic, let's be honest, the insights may not be that great. It's just content for content's sake. It doesn't really work at this point. Yeah, there's just too much noise. The content for content's sake, I can't believe companies still put out content like that. Like I'd rather put out one badass ebook once per quarter than to pump one out every other week. That's like me because that completely ruins someone's impression of you and how valuable the information is. And it's like, 
know, I think that's the big thing with prospecting, especially is like you can do all the tactics and the fancy stuff and the fancy subject lines and call to actions and stuff. But if the content or the problem that you're talking about, they don't really care about and it doesn't resonate with the prospect in relation to something that they value. Yeah. Like they're not going to want to take a meeting. They're not going to want to chat with you. They're not going to want to download your stuff, but that's sort of the missing element, you know, in a lot of these. The offer has to be good every time when, I mean, to take a step back from even the chat bots, let's just go like marketing and prospecting. Every time we run an email campaign and the results are not what we want and we step back and we're like, okay, what went wrong? Our email guy is always like, well, maybe my subject line wasn't great. Maybe the body wasn't good. It's like, no, that stuff was all like good enough. Like we know how to write good subject lines, but the offer just wasn't good. Yeah. Or it was the wrong offer for the wrong audience. You know, it's all comes down to what kind of offers are you making and are you really providing value to people? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Okay. So with chat, one other area I wanted to dig in with you on too, if there's someone listening to this, let's say they do work at a company where they are chatting yeah. you know, with customers. Do you have some guidelines on oh. how to properly have a chat with someone? Because we do a lot of this actually through LinkedIn yeah. with our people where I have some VAs, they don't respond on my behalf, but they help me kind of organize stuff. We have a whole library of like templates of like how to respond to people that want certain things. And yeah. they kind of help me really organize that. And it's so crucial because that's a big part of how we build our email list too, is getting people from LinkedIn to go check out our reply method guide, which is ungated, but it's got a one-page cheat sheet that people can download. You know, so getting from LinkedIn to there is like, it's pretty simple, but it is not easy. Like there's a lot of steps in between that the other person has to take. But what guidelines do you have on if someone's chatting with a prospect, like what should they be thinking about? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked this question. I actually recorded a session for an SDR summit this morning on, hey, what should SDRs be doing for chat? This is awesome. So we've got five things that that we are like, okay, if you're on chat as an SDR in a B2B environment, what should I be doing to set myself up for success? And so the first thing, and this is going to be really obvious, but you've got to do it, is whatever tool you're set up on, you need to learn that tool. Yeah. So if you're using chat funnels, Take 30 minutes is probably all it would take, whether you're using chat funnels, whether you're just using intercom or something else to learn what's available and how the tool works. We see a lot of sales reps and it's not even their fault. Marketing buys this and then says, hey, you know, we're going to put you three or the whole team on chat and they don't train them. So if marketing doesn't give you some training, like shame on them, but take some time to learn the tool yourself. The next thing is set up your profile so you look human. Because usually, like we've seen this, it's either obvious that it's a chat bot that starts a conversation, or I don't like, and I would say avoid this at at all costs, it's a bot that's pretending to be a human. Yeah. Because we can sniff those out really quick. So hopefully companies are not doing that. But set up, get your profile picture in there. If you can put links to like your LinkedIn profile and Instagram, Facebook, whatever's appropriate for what you're doing, get those in there so that you look like a human once you engage with somebody. And then the third thing is once somebody has you know raised their hand and said, I want to chat, chat with them ASAP. If you can't get there in under two minutes on average, you should probably get fired from live chat. So the gold standard is having an average response rate of under one minute. Damn. So we did a study of all the conversations yeah. coming through chat funnels. And what we found was 
if the agent responded in under one minute, as opposed to even in that one minute to two minute window, their chances of having a productive conversation with them went up 80%. And after two minutes, your chances were like next to nothing of having any conversation. So that's crazy. Get there quick. One of the pro tips I tell everyone is most tools will let you have saved replies. Make a couple saved replies that essentially just say, Hey there, um, looking at your question, give me one second. It's a very quick acknowledgement that they're not waiting anymore, that you're there and get that in there as soon as possible. So I want to comment on that real quick because I was going to ask you, well, what the hell are you supposed to do if someone, if you got six people in the hopper? But I did notice that when I've chatted with people, that acknowledgement means so much. Hey, I see you. I acknowledge you. Give me a couple seconds. I'll process this. And I'm totally willing to wait an extra two minutes in that case, because the two minutes doesn't feel like eternity. Like if I don't hear from someone, that's the equivalent of like being on the phone, like hearing like the waiting music. Yeah. Does anyone know that I'm here, that I'm waiting? Like, for sure. Jesus, you know? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Customers, support reps, I feel for them because they're usually the ones managing like three, five, even 10 conversations at once. Sales, usually not so much, but it does happen. They send out an email blast in the middle of the day and it works and everyone comes in like you can get inundated with, with conversations. And just be open with people and just say, hey, I'm wrapping up another conversation. Give me one minute. And I'll be right back. Yeah. Just things like that go a long way towards keeping people engaged, acknowledging that they're there, and even just share, like, I'm a human, I'm not a bot, I'm not ignoring you. So, but that quick response time is key. Now, the other two topics is pro tips, just be human. Mm. It goes along with that. Like, don't try to be overly formal, don't try to be the bot. Be a human, just get the messages out there. If you have typos, don't obsess over it. Just move forward. You know, <laughs> what about it? What are your thoughts on emojis? I, I use them actually when I'm doing chats quite a bit. And when we create chat boxes, emojis work pretty well, but there's a caveat. It's got to be on brand. If it's the like a bot, that's got to be on brand for the business. So mm-hmm. if the business mm-hmm. is very buttoned down enterprise, you're probably not going to go heavy on emojis. But if you're more of like, Hey, we're selling to young people and we tend to interact with, you know, people under 40 a lot. Yeah, go ahead and use the emojis. I think they make it a lot funner. You can say more with less, which I think is always great when you're building bots is to keep the text as short as possible and to the point. But yeah, go ahead and use the emojis. Yeah, it'll be interesting because 20 years from now, basically everyone in decision-making positions is going to be emoji friendly. Yeah. You know? (laughs) For sure. For sure. What's number five? Number five is give before you get. So whenever you're talking with somebody, give them some value before you start asking questions. So usually when a conversation comes in, people typically like have a question or something they're after. Acknowledge that and help them out with whatever they're looking for before you go down your, let me qualify you and book a meeting with you and see if you're a fit. Don't do that until you've answered their questions. Like, don't even think about it. And then to go along with this, don't try to transition people immediately to the phone or to a Zoom call. You got to remember they've come and engaged with you over chat. So this is the channel like they've chosen for right now. And they're in the driver's seat. Like they can just click the X and close this out like that, you know, without even saying goodbye to you. So 
make sure that you're answering their questions. If it makes sense to transition to a, a phone call or get on Zoom, like propose that and like don't shy away from doing it. But we see a lot of reps when they first get put on chat, especially if they're heavy on dialing and sending email, you'll get in and we'll read through the conversations. And like the first thing they say is, hey, can I get your phone number? Let's let's just get on a call and talk about this. And it never goes well. Kind of like online dating. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I met my wife through Tinder. And so I've done a lot of online dating in my day. And if you ask for the phone number too quick, if that's like the very first thing you ask for, you never get you the phone get number. It. It's like there needs to be some sort of rapport, some back and forth, yep. you know, that sort of stuff. And it's like a natural thing. Like, well, hey, we should meet up. What's your phone number? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, no, exactly. You got to build a little rapport. But the agents that do it well, you know, they answer questions. They make sure they're they're providing value. And then they'll say, okay, you know, like maybe they ask a question that's a little more complex. And saying something like, you know what, it's probably best if I just show you, can you hop on a Zoom call right now? If I send you a link, you can send them the link right there through the chat, be on a Zoom call in a minute. It's a great way to just get people engaged. We've seen people close deals over chat, but they're smaller deals. But it's an awesome way to just open up the top of your funnel and get more people in there. Yeah, I love it, man. This has been great. So learn the tool, set up your profile properly, make sure your response time is good and use those templates, those response templates, be human and conversational and this give before you get. Love it, man. Yeah. Before you take off here, where can people learn more about you at Chat Funnels? What do you want people to check out, man? Yeah. So uh, you can go to our website, chatfunnels.com. You can get a demo, get a free trial. If you want to connect with me personally, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So just Billy Bateman, I think I'll be the first one to come up. And send me a message, happy to engage, happy to talk. And uh, if anyone wants to learn more, just reach out. And you got a podcast too that I was just on that's like all about chat and marketing and and that sort of stuff. What's the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's uh, Digital Conversations with Billy Bateman. So uh, that's right. Yeah, check out the podcast. It's everywhere you get a podcast. Uh, That was a really fun interview. God, it's such a simple thing to implement. But I love this concept of having a chat on the landing page when you send someone to an ebook or a case study and then ungating that content so they don't have to download it and then you're there to start a chat with them. And if there's a way that they could route that directly to you as a salesperson, I mean, I just think that would be super badass. So that was my big takeaway. It was a really great learning experience. And before you take off, I'd love to hear from you. Always looking to get more reviews on the podcast that helps us continue getting on really great guests. And I would love to hear your feedback on what you think. So please do that on iTunes. You can search for Blissful Prospecting or open it up on your podcast app. And it should take you right there when you search for Blissful Prospecting and scroll to the very bottom of the page, you leave a short, quick review. That would really help and it would really mean a lot. So thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you later.